the Slaughter in May podcast. As AI adoption increases and governments and regulators across the globe grapple with how best to regulate AI, we look at some of the legal issues organisations should consider when implementing AI solutions. This podcast is the first in a new series that will be exploring the legal impacts of regulating AI across a number of different practices. Look out for this campaign and further insights on the topic over the coming months. Hello, and welcome to our podcast on algorithms and competition law. My name is Annalisa Tostevin, and I'm talking to Jordan Ellison, a competition partner in the Brussels office. We're going to talk today about the growing societal angst around algorithms and the extent to which this is a competition law issue. We'll also discuss what some of the competition regulators are or perhaps should be doing, and we'll finish with some practical takeaways for those who use AI and algorithms in their business. So Jordan, I think we'd all recognise that algorithms bring us considerable benefits as consumers, but there is also growing concern around the use of algorithms and various harms are being spoken about, including in competition law circles. So one thing I wanted to ask you today was, to what extent do you think these harms are a competition law issue? Yeah, it's a great question because I think, Annalisa, um, a lot of multifaceted concerns have been put into the competition law bucket almost for the want of anywhere else to put them um, in the last couple of years. So, you know, we're at, I guess we're having this discussion now because we're at the stage where the UK government's about to publish an, an AI white paper, which I think is intended to take, you know, a more holistic look at um, legal, regulatory, societal impacts of use of AI. Um and that might be quite a good way of filtering out, you know, what's what's genuinely a competition law issue versus a different kind of issue that people have up until now just almost tried to pigeonhole into competition law because because you know the competition regulators were one of the few people who had who had sort of oversight or or power in this area. Um, I mean, I guess if we think about trying to do that, work out what what's competition law and what's not on you know the kind of concerns we've heard about i think what's clearly competition law are questions like do algorithms make it easier for competitors to collude you know we all know that competition law stops competitors from price fixing for example um and so the question of you know does the ability to really closely monitor your competitor's pricing adapt intelligently and in real time will that result in you know more price competition or less price competition or collusion that's you know i think a classic competition issue and really you know the algorithm thing is just like a twist and a very old theme um you know i think there's also questions which may be a bit more far-fetched but where you know there's still competition law questions like there's been questions about whether if a dominant firm you know, screws its algorithms in a particular way to preference its own products over a rival's products, like in ranking or something like that, um, can that exclude competitors? Like, I'm not sure there's lots of concrete cases there yet, but it is at least a kind of competition law question. And, and in Ditto, um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, personalized pricing and the idea that firms get more and more um, clever about, you know, giving you, Annalisa, 
an individualized price based on a bunch of kind of very specific information about you and your characteristics um and whether that can result in you know higher pricing than might otherwise occur um or you know that kind of issue and, and again fairly speculative but but definitely something kind of in the realm of competition law i think there are things which have popped up in competition law policy circles which are not really competition law though um so you know some quite legitimate societal questions say for example on um discrimination on protected characteristics like you know gender race this sort of thing um and whether for example algorithms that are say doing individualized pricing might indirectly discriminate against a particular protected group um now there, may, there could be a competition law economic angle there if if the discriminatory pricing is an economic problem but but the problem about say discriminating on the basis of protected characteristics i think you know is an, is an equality law issue and it's, it is probably most profitably thought about in that in that prism um and similarly you know there's been legitimate questions about um whether you know skewed algorithms that say manipulate rankings uh, on online services um maybe mislead consumers so maybe a consumer takes a particular option because they think it's the best one on some objective basis but actually it's at the top of a ranking because that's been paid for but isn't clear so there the issue is not so much competition law but just maybe misleading consumers and you know just general consumer law obligations not not to mislead so as i say i think there um there's been a lot of stuff sort of pulled into the competition law orbit just because of competition regulators powers but you know as the uk government looks at this in a more holistic way i think it would be good to really suss out with each issue you know what's the underlying harm or you know potential harm that's being talked about and you know what's the legal tool if any that's best best suited to fixing that that's really interesting and i mean i think you know one way or another uh, it's clear that algorithms are in the minds of many antitrust regulators whether they've kind of got the right quite the right parameters about what they should be looking at um yet is another question but they are clearly thinking about this um, are the regulators in the UK and the EU saying much on this topic at the moment? For example, what's the, the UK competition regulator, the Competition and Markets Authority, doing in this area? Yeah, it's interesting. They're, they're clearly giving it a lot of very mature, considered, informed thought, which I think is what you'd expect, you know, a responsible, a responsible competition authority that's keeping up to date with, you know, technology. That's exactly what you'd expect them to do. But there's not a lot of there's a lot of kind of theories i guess of potential concerns but there's not a lot of evidence of actual harms resulting in you know prosecution cases um at the moment uh there, there was this case in 2016 about posters where you know effectively some firms in the poster market had an old-fashioned price fixing arrangement and they happened to use you know some software um to monitor whether they were each obeying the price fixing agreement. Um, I think that's a, you know, there's a little bit of a software twist there on a very old theme. So I don't really have that done as a algorithms or artificial intelligence um, causing a competition law problem. Um, so it's more been in the realm of um, 
you know, discussion papers and research. So we had the, the Furman report and um, the CMA's data unit, you know, published a very kind of interesting, thoughtful, detailed report on potential harms from, from algorithms. But as I say, at least in the UK, it's very much in the realm of intelligent thinking about potential issues rather than lots of evidence of, of real cases yet. I think it's a similar picture in the EU as well. I mean, the Commission has clearly had algorithms on its radar for a while. Um, in 2017, they featured in various speeches by Vestager, and the Commission indicated it was monitoring potential competition issues thrown up by algorithms at that point. That was also, of course, the year of the Google shopping decision, where the Commission fined Google for favouring its own services in search results. Uh, in 2018, the Commission issued a decision in the ASUS case, which was very much like the CMA's posters case, but really a traditional competition law infringement, which was heightened by the use of algorithmic software. So again, I think it's, it's more of the same, quite a lot of high sort of high level theoretical thinking in papers, perhaps fewer papers than are currently being published in the UK. But nevertheless, it hasn't yet moved into more concrete action. Um, we have seen the Commission try to provide some guidance on the use of algorithms in its draft horizontal guidelines. Um, but again, um, nothing particularly concrete at this stage. So I think it feels like competition regulators want to be seen to be saying something on this topic, but it's still still very theoretical and high level. Um, is there any thinking at the moment on what role competition regulators should play in practice? going forwards there is and 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 i think they're at the moment they're probably doing the right thing right they're they're kind of um they're thinking through the issues um but they're not looping in to make cases where you know harms don't exist right and i think that's as a new technology or a new market feature emerges that's probably the right thing to do um so you know i i think getting up to speed on what the issues are and being being open to say complainants coming coming with you know real evidence of harm is is probably the right thing um for regulators to do uh, and maybe the fact that you know we haven't seen many cases yet is because you know no one's come to them with you know a real evidenced case of of actual harm so we aren't seeing too many cases but is there anything that the regulators should be doing to prepare you know i think you know, we've seen the CMA, for example, upskilling with its with its data unit. Is there anything else that, that we might see them doing by way of preparation or any particular kind of case that you think they might be on the lookout for to bring these issues to light? Yeah, I mean, the upskilling is definitely happening, right? I mean, it, every competition authority you speak to is doing a lot of work to hire data specialists, AI specialists, other tech specialists, right? So that kind of upskilling is happening everywhere, I think. And, you know, the UK is a, a great example of that, but you see it in 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 the EC as well. And especially with the DMA, you know, they're they're really hiring um hiring in a big team of of specialists. So that that's definitely happening. Um I you know I don't know what the first tree algorithm case will be. Um I, I suspect just the way these things develop, you know, things develop normally quite incrementally so you know it could be a sort of fairly standard you know quote unquote self-preferencing abusive dominance case with a kind of algorithm flavor where maybe the algorithm was you know part of the mechanism of of discrimination or against a rival you know something like that um 
or maybe you know more a more consumer law case where um there's a lack of transparency to consumers about exactly what's driving the price they're paying and maybe in the grand scheme of things um it's felt to be unfair or misleading um you know to to kind of price based on a particular ranking system without without being transparent about that so you know my my personal bet is we're not going from kind of zero to something completely radical um overnight and this will be you know an incremental thing and and hopefully it will be based on you know evidence of of real harm i mean of course there's also been a bigger question not limited to algorithms um but but nevertheless relevant for algorithms which is uh, are existing competition laws sufficient to deal with these digital markets type issues in respect of algorithms specifically, while some algorithmic harms aren't fundamentally different from traditional forms of anti-competitive conduct, as we've already spoken about, they do also have the potential to give rise to harm in more novel and untested ways. Um, and we've seen the introduction, as you said, of the Digital Markets and Services Acts in the EU and the Digital Markets Unit proposals in the UK, um, both of which contain some provisions on, for example, al- algorithmic transparency, accountability and interrogation. So sort of arming the regulators with the tools to investigate uh, algorithms. But I think it's fair to say that no regulator has really yet been clear on what would guide the assessment of those algorithms from a competition law perspective. For example, how they might apply competition rules to autonomously colluding algorithms in the absence of agreement or concerted practice between humans. So there's obviously still a lot of thinking to be done, I think, on these things as well. So I think we've already established that many of the harms being considered aren't really necessarily true competition law harms. And it's clear there's going to be a lot of potentially overlapping regulatory interest in algorithms, for example, from privacy regulators, competition regulators, financial regulators. How are we going to avoid duplication and burden for industry? Yeah, that, that's a big question, right? And there's a, there's a, it's a, it's a, you know, in one sense, it's good if we have a more holistic um, approach to these things so that non-competition issues are not pigeonholed to a competition regulator but on the other hand you know you always have to be careful about you know just adding more regulators to any situation and then and, and you know putting un, undue burdens and, and and kind of inconsistent rules on on business so um you know i think part of this is going to be about having the right intellectual architecture and which regulator is in charge of which harms, you know, and try and make sure competition regulators are clear on what they do, consumer law enforcers are clear on what they do, privacy regulators know what their role is. So partly clarity and harms and responsibility for harms. Um, but then also probably just, you know, good practical dialogue between different agencies. Um, not the algorithm context, but, you know, we've already seen in, you know, a lot of our, tech-based competition law cases where there's a big data angle um you know very kind of close collaboration between the competition agencies and the privacy regulators um and the uk you've also got more informal things like the digital regulation cooperation forum um and you know across europe i see quite a few examples of um the competition and privacy regulators working quite quite closely together so i think it's a mix of kind of clarity of clarity of kind of intellectual architecture um and also just practical cooperation and everyone talking to each other regularly 
That's really interesting. And I think, for example, the, the DRCF that you mentioned, it has recently published a couple of papers on algorithms. So again, it's obviously got this in the forefront of its mind um, and is planning to undertake further activity in this area in the next year or so. So I, I think it seems we can expect to see a lot more on this topic in the coming months and years from the competition regulator perspective, and I'm sure from, from various other regulators too. With all of this in mind, what would you say are the key practical takeaways for clients who use AI and algorithms in their business? Yeah, I think, I think the first thing to say, right, is um, clients ought not to feel overly burdened by a law that doesn't yet exist. Um, and there's a high degree of unpredictability about you know you, what the UK and other governments will do to create new rules in this space um and in terms of existing rules as we've said you know we're not seeing a huge bunch of harms in in the real world so um i don't think businesses ought to feel that any use of ai or algorithms is immediately putting them in a red zone you know very different from using any software or technology right so i, I guess it's just par- partly about kind of maintaining perspective um but having said that, you know, I, I think rather than trying to predict the exact content of future rules that don't exist, it's more about, at the moment, I think just having some very good, basic, kind of common sense rules of thumb. Um, and I guess maybe three I would um, think of, the, I guess the first would be not really even a competition-specific one, but just a general one, which I think always stands you in good stead is have clarity on what your algorithm is trying to achieve, the sorts of factors and criteria it's using to make decisions and be willing to explain that. You're sort of the front page of the newspaper test, right? <laughs> you know, it, do, you know what, do you know what you're trying to do? Do you know how you're doing it? And would you be willing to explain that to your shareholders, your customers, other stakeholders? I think that's a pretty good kind of um, starting point. Um, Maybe more competition law related. I think I would, on algorithms that are deciding prices, I think it's good for, not for the competition to drive any of that design or anything, obviously, but just for the the people involved in creating those pricing decision-making tools to sit down with their competition lawyer early in the process and just, um, you know, get a sense of what factors are going to go into pricing. And, and basically, it's perfectly legitimate to take account of competitors' pricing as you set your own pricing and doing that electronically or through AI is as legitimate as as um, doing it manually. Um, but just kind of having that, that discussion process, I think, is really useful. Um, and the third thing I would say, still related to pricing decision-making, is generally avoid trying to signal anything to your competitors when you're setting prices. So if your price decision making is looking at what's happening in the market and adapting your own prices intelligently, that's generally going to be okay. Whereas if you're changing prices not to adapt to the market, but to try and send a signal to your competitors, that's when you start to get closer to, you know, the sorts of allegations of either explicit or tacit collusion. So I think very kind of broad rules of thumb, but I think with those kind of broad rules of thumb, you know, you put yourself in a, a reasonable place to avoid, you know, the most obvious harms that people have, have talked about. Um, and then, you know, as, as things go forward and the UK government and other governments publish 
real legislation on this. There'll be there'll be further things to think about, but at, at this stage, I think it's um, it's about um, common sense and and almost that that front page of the newspaper test. That's really helpful. So I think it's sort of in summary, we you know we're at the beginning. We're seeing the start of some some very detailed thinking by competition regulators in this area. There's clearly going to be a lot more to come and take it step by step. But those rules of thumb for the moment are key things that will be helpful for companies to bear in mind. Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks very much for your time, Jordan. This has been a really interesting conversation. I mean, the government has recently produced an AI policy paper setting out its emerging approach with the full white paper to follow in late 2022. So it will be interesting to see what that says. And we will be publishing more content on the legal implications of regulating AI in the coming months as well. Great. Looking forward to it. Thank you. For more information on this topic or to hear our other podcasts, please visit www.slaughterandmay.com. You can also subscribe to the Slaughter and May podcast on iTunes or Google Play.